Amen. Hey, that's right. We are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Uncle, number 12, Bobby. Scientology. Scientology. It's not science and it's not? Scientology. That's right. It is science fiction. Occult is the tagline, as we've been seeing there in our study. Now, we've already been seeing what the history of this. Where in the world did this thing come from? Well, it came from a guy named who? L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. Now, it basically has all of its ties, science fiction, occult, for good reason. He wasn't just a science fiction writer, but boy, he brought in his background and his training and practices in the occult because he hooked up early on when he was, I think, 16 with Crowley, continued on as an adult with uh, Jack Parsons, with JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratories, and they're heavy duty into the occult. They're Crowleyites. They're basically the West Coast representatives, and they are deep in the occult. So when he finally got around to doing Dianetics, giving birth to Scientology, all these occult practices, is we're going to see him, Lord willing, again tonight come into play. Then we got into, okay, Dianetics, so now he's doing this thing. So where did that come from? And how, how, what was the inspiration of that? Remember that? He said he had a near-death experience, but what? He really went to the dentist and got some nitrous oxide and had some, right? Uh, mingled with the occult, but basically that's Scientology's version of the Bible, if you will, so to speak. Then he, became, he last time we saw was Scientology. He went from Dianetics and he started this movement called Scientology, okay? And then we saw, remember last time, we saw, boy, when it took off initially, he hit it big time. Remember that? Woohoo! He had it going. He was raking in the dough because that's what it was all about, okay? But then, boom, he lost it all. Remember that? And then we saw, and this is where going to pick up again tonight he hit it again but not without the bumps but he still kept going up why because we're going to see tonight he began to develop literally a military force okay that's what we're going to see tonight military force he had it he lost it that ain't going to happen again and so he began he number one made it into a religion at that point right and that was to provide protection if somebody's going to come after them and accuse them of being chicanery falsehood this ain't science how dare you attack a man of the clergy remember that that's the reason why he turned it into a religion as well as non-profit so you can get more cash out of it and of course he lost it but they got it again lord willing 1993 we'll see that but he grabbed control and when i use these terms and to, in order to never go back down to this low point nobody's going to take this cash cow away from him again i'm telling you he developed a military force it's still in force today they still use the same tactics but let's continue on that's where we're at but before we get there the theme for tonight is the term that the scripture uses of course this is one of them and l ron hubbard falls in this category is a false teacher okay open your bibles to the book of matthew real quick book of matthew and this kind of sets the tone for what we're going to cover tonight matthew okay uh seven and the Bible talks about false teachers, right? False teachers, false prophets, false teachings, things of that nature. Certainly going to come in the last days. But I want to bring out some aspects uh, of what these teachers are like. Okay, we already saw in 2 Peter, a lot of false teachers will come in the last days, secretly in, uh, introducing heresy, specifically to rip you off your cash. Okay, we're going to see that again uh, tonight. But Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15, what's Jesus say? Watch out for false prophets right they will come to you who's you that's the people of god they're going to come in your midst right and they're going to look like you right they got sheep's clothing on okay but inwardly they're what notice and here's what i want to bring up it's not just wolves it's not just false teachers what's the adjective ferocious wolves now this is what's really cool uh that word there ferocious is harpax in the greeks and that's why some translations translate it ravenous but it's ravenous in the not just uh, they're just mean they're out to get you they got this insatiable appetite but it's ravenous extortioner is literally what the greek means there what's an extortionist they're ripping you off for cash 
So these false teachers are going to come. You better look out. These guys are going to be ferocious. They're going to have this insatiable appetite for money. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll take you down. They'll dupe you. They don't give a rip about you. They look like you. They sound like you. They say Christianese. Okay, but these guys are ferocious wolves. Now, the Bible has another term, not just ferocious, but also savage. Okay, open to uh, Acts 20. Let's take a look at that. Acts chapter 20. And, uh, of course, that was that book for those folks up north. What, Washington State? Have you guys ever been there? Lots of trees up there for lumberjacks? Yes. The axe. I use, they use chainsaws nowadays, John. That, that's an old joke. Back in the 50s. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, I stole time for you to get there. Hey, Acts 20. And uh, let's take a look at another adjective with false teachers, right? But uh, Acts 20, verse 29, right? Now, Paul, in the context here, uh, and he is leaving Ephesus, right? He's been there. It was one of the longest places he ever got to stay and teach, did a great work. Ephesus was a great route that basically uh, was disseminating into the rest of the culture there. It was like a, a good place to be that you go to all the rest of the towns. It was like a hub. And so Paul got to teach there, and so the gospel of God was really fruitful, but he had to go. God called him to go. And so he's given his farewell warning to the church. Hey, listen, after I'm gone, you better pay attention, right? You better hold the line because somebody's going to come in and try to take you out. That's the context. But uh, here's what he says in uh, verse 29. And he says, I know that after I leave, Paul speaking, what kind of, not just wolves, what, what is it? Savage wolves will come in among you and they will not spare the flock. That word there in the Greek is barus and it means violent, cruel, unsparing. So you put all this together and uh, there's other uh, ways that the Bible describes false teachers certainly. But you put these two aspects together and this is exactly what we're going to see tonight. This is the mindset behind L. Ron Hubbard's military that is still in existence today. Is It is a savage, uh, ferocious movement. Right? They have this insatiable appetite for money and nobody's going to take it away. They will resort to anything they got to do to protect it, okay? And it's a characteristics of false teachers, okay? But let's take a look. Where we left off last time, of course, he was still doing his what? He was on the lamb doing his what? What I call the boat tour, okay? Remember, he's, he's trying to find a safe place to land because everybody's starting to come after him. Now, remember, this is when he's starting to go back up here, but he's still on the lamb. He's out there with these three boats that he bought with tons of cash, but, man, but nobody's wanting to let him in this country. Right. And so he's out there basically on the lamb floating around. OK, so that's kind of where we left off last time. Now, during this time, again, because now the heat's being applied again, just like it was here and caused the fall. Uh oh, now they're starting to starting to go after him again. So what's he going to do? Here's where he grabs control. Nobody's going to take it away from me this time. And he gets very militaristic with it. Listen to this. He took three new initiatives during this time. Right. This is again. He's starting to rise up here. OK. And, and listen to what those initiatives were. He called it ethics technology. <clears throat> Basically, that's a fancy way of tightening the internal discipline within Scientology. Uh, <clears throat> Scientologists are, were ordered to disconnect, we left off this last time, disconnect from any organization or individual, including your own family, if they were deemed disruptive or suppressive. Right. So number one, he begins to isolate people. That's what cults do. If anybody disagrees, if anybody says, hey, are you sure you should go that direction? Hey, haven't you heard the story? Or the scientific community has been saying this is a bunch of baloney. Disconnect from them. Right? That's what Colts do. So that was what he did. But then he launched what was called knowledge reports. Right? Knowledge reports. And that is still in existence today. Basically, that's within the camp, within Scientology. If any other, if you catch, overhear, see any casual conversation, any conversation, any behavior you don't like, you don't think is appropriate, as an, a fellow Scientologist, report them. 
You literally write a report and send it into headquarters. You turn each other in. It's still in existence today. Leah Remini, we saw the video last week. She had a knowledge report uh, wrote against her from Tom Cruise's, well, now ex-wife, that last one that they went, uh, went to, I forget her name. Yeah, Katie Holmes. And she wrote a knowledge report against Leah Remini because she was getting out of line. Right? But they still do that today, okay? But then he instituted what was called fair game policy. Now listen to this. And this was anyone who was deemed an enemy of Scientology, quote, may be deprived of property or injured by any means, by any Scientologist, without any discipline of that Scientologist, and they may be tricked, sued, lied, or destroyed. This guy, now what's he basically saying? This is my own theory, but I think it fits the historical timeline. This guy, nobody is going to take it away from me this time. Inside, outside, this is no free willing like I initially started out. And then it got out of hand and I lost it all. Nobody is taking this thing away. Okay, so that's what he began to do. Then he began, where we left off again last time, was what was called the GO, right? And the GO is basically the guardian's office. Right, the guardian's office, and that's a new agency that uh, he started with his now third wife, okay, and she headed it up, and uh, Mary Sue, and it dealt with all the external affairs, all their internal public relations, uh, the legal actions against them, and what they would do with the guardian's office. <clears throat> Sounds official, doesn't it? Basically, it's Scientology's Gestapo, right? Because this thing not only went out there to clean up uh, their mess, to clean up any accusations, to clean up any falsehood. Right? But they were literally around the world gathering information to be used against people in case those people, including politicians, you name it, ever came against them. And they say, oh yeah? You might want to shut your mouth or back off. Let Scientology do what we want to do. That's, that's, that's the Guardian's office in a nutshell is what it is. And they, they were, they, he established this because, again, they started getting more and more of this stuff. So he, his wife oversaw this. And listen to this. And again, what would he say was one of the effective tools to get people to back off? Sue them. Even threaten to sue them, right? Because why? You can just go bankrupt before you even make it to court with all the, the costs and things of that nature, right? And, uh, and that's what he did. And listen, this, this Guardian office retaliated. Uh, with hundreds of writs for libel and slander. It issued more than 40 of them in a single day. And he ordered his staff, listen, to find any lurid blood sex. This is a direct quote. Doesn't make sense, but this is his writing. To find any lurid blood sex crime actual evidence on Scientology's attackers. Basically, not only do they exist to clean up our behavior that we're getting caught in illegal activity, but we are going to go around there like the Gestapo, we're going to find any dirt on anybody we can find just in case they ever come after us. Isn't that crazy? Still in existence today, right? In fact, this first video clip that we all get to look around and enjoy as a family, uh, hopefully will actually work. But this is the, uh, a guy who worked for him admitting just how big a files they have on people to, to basically blackmail them. Let's watch. Yeah. I got appointed to the All Clear unit. My job was to clear Hubbard's name. Soon I knew more about illegal operations in Scientology than anybody. There's a hundred thousand pages of documents detailing in excruciating detail of the most horrendous, nefarious harassment operations against media people, private individuals, former members. It was shocking. 
then it became this whole international issue. Uh-huh. We had received some intelligence that there might be a plan afoot to follow up the Toronto raid with raids on all the other Scientology centers in Canada. Hello. I was always engaged in putting out the fires that were the most harrowing for the church. All right, I'm on it. So I received directions from Miscavige to make sure the offices are clean. to Ottawa, found the guy who was in charge of the files that they had there. The files were unbelievable. They had walls lined with file cabinets of intelligence on virtually every politician that ever walked. So I told him what the score was, we were cleaning up. We're gonna need a truck and some gas. He said he knew a place that was remote where we could have the, an unlimited sized bonfire. 48 hours, we destroyed all of the evidence of wrongdoing from coast to coast in Canada. I felt completely justified. I believe there's this vast conspiracy to destroy us while we were trying to save the planet. So the ends justify the means. Pretty well. It's like a Nazi thing or something. Again, people thought in the Nazis, you know, hey, I get to be a part of this great movement in the, <clears throat> the Hitler's Reich and we get to served for a thousand years and all this baloney and stuff and what did they do notice it wasn't just go clean up their records but if you saw the actual video how big that place was that's just one of them but what also were in those records all the dirt that they dug up on people who could possibly ever go after them and things of that nature just crazy folks it's just like a a, a gestapo okay and uh, basically their own cia if you will intelligence uh, thing but if you're going to have your own cia <clears throat> or gestapo you might as well have your own army Right? Well, that's basically what they developed out of L. Ron Hubbard's uh, boat tour, okay? Because the boat tour, they basically uh, turned it into, they call it the Sea Org. Org, of course, short for organization. But basically, this was done uh, during, kind of developed, and then after they landed in Florida uh, on his, basically, I think it was like eight years that he was floating around, uh, avoiding trying to find a place to land. Okay, and uh, but basically, the Sea Org, uh, they would go from port to port to port. Okay, he's he's trying to find a safe place to land. And uh, in fact, I shared this uh, last time. His assistant said, "Here's really what was going on." He said, "Well, maybe he's out there just being spiritual and and coming up with new teachings for the betterment of mankind." No, he's on the run. And his assistant said, he, Hubbard said that we had to keep moving <clears throat> because there were so many people after him. And if they caught up with him, they could cause him so much trouble that he would be unable to continue his work. Scientology would not get into the world and there would be social and economic chaos, if not a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> we got to protect this guy. He's the new savior, right? It's crazy. And again, notice the guys, they believe they're what? They're going to save the planet. And that's how that guy got brainwashed. I, I believe there was a conspiracy against this. And, of course, that's what Hubbard always said. It's the Nazi conspiracy after us. They're trying to keep us from bringing out this information the planet needs. People bought into it. So he would do stuff like that. Burn the records, illegal stuff, because it, they're after the good guys. No, you're working for a bad guy. 
Okay, but basically that's what was going on. So he takes this sea org thing. Now while he's floating around on the sea org, the boat tour basically on the land, running right, so it doesn't get caught. Okay, uh, he he does a couple things. First of all, he gets daily reports, daily reports. Okay, on his boat about the Scientology organization around the world, all about statistics and income. And while he's on this boat tour, so to speak, the Church of Scientology, and I hesitate to even use that church, okay, but that's what they call themselves, they gave him equivalent today $110,000 plus a week, and millions of dollars were transferred into his bank accounts in Switzerland and Liechtenstein. Uh, couriers regularly conveyed luxury food for Hubbard and his family, or cash that had been smuggled from England to avoid currency export restrictions. And along the way, again, Hubbard is trying to find a safe place to land. Okay, but again, this basically boat thing, he's out there trying to find a place to land, he's on the run, whatever. This basically developed into what's called now today the Sea Org, okay? And it basically really is their version of a military. It's a Scientology military. So once again, with the aid of the incredible Bobby, let's see if we can make it through this next video. The solidarity of the group is emphasized, especially in the elite Sea Organization, Sea Org for short. Created by Hobbit, it is the heartbeat of Scientology, his private army. They want world domination and that needs an army and into this one come only the best. Immortality, power, consensus and invincibility. Rattling sabers and then the fall. Unexpected and final. You live with the conviction that you already have everything under control and when that does not happen you realize that you do not have everything under control and somehow the whole idea that you were part of an elite group plunges headlong into the ground. You begin the RPF with a black armband. Then if your ethics go well, you get a white armband. The difference is with a black armband and as a married person in the Sea Org, you may not see your husband. You may not speak to him if he does not speak with you. With the white armband, you may spend three hours per week together with your second dynamic. That means your family, your husband and possibly children. You may still not speak with your husband unless he speaks to you. Then you get more. That means that you can earn a gold armband. With a gold armband, you may spend one night a week with your family. An elite organization for eternity. The only question is, whose? Their lives go on. Not only tomorrow and the next day, but for billions of years. The Sea Org members sign a work contract accordingly, Therefore, I contract myself to the Sea Organization for the next billion years. And that's for $130 a month, as former members tell us. So he not only created his own army, and they literally believe themselves to be an army, and they're going around the world, they want to save the planet, but it's a contract. How would you like to join the army, Ron, for a billion years? Well, that's what they actually believe, because again, they believe in reincarnation, which again is not biblical. We haven't even got into all that stuff yet. 
Okay, Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed man to die once, then face judgment, etc. blah, blah. But he even figured out a way how to make money off his army. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's, I'm telling you, it's all about the money. This guy is making the money. But they have their own military. Now, did you see the armband things there? The different things? for What does that remind you of? Who also used armbands? This is crazy, isn't it? As well? Now, speaking of that kind of behavior, if you got out of line as a Nazi, what happened? You went to a camp. Well, he's got his own camp. Hubbard Scientology has their own camp, and they call it uh, RPF. You heard it mentioned on that video there. Uh, it's called Rehabilitation Project Force. Dun, 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 dun. It's basically, and I quote, critics have said that this thing is basically a forced labor re-indoctrination program similar to the Soviet gulag system. So again, this is part of him grabbing control, right? I've not only created my own basically intelligence agency to dig up dirt on anybody so that if anybody ever comes after us, we're gonna blackmail them into silence, et cetera, et cetera. But then they also have their own army, but they also have their own basically Siberia, okay? But that Siberia takes place on the boat tour, right? Send them to the boat. Anybody gets out of line, you're going to the rehabilitation project force. Right now, this again is in existence today, and it's on the boat. But they also have some places on land that you can be sent to. Basically, it's a camp, and you basically get you get brainwashed, you get taken away. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But the RPF is is the Church of Scientology's program for members of the C organization who have allegedly violated expectations or policies. This may include members who are deemed to have hidden hidden evil intentions toward Scientology. Or members who are unproductive in their work or who produce poor quality work, right? So again, uh, he basically, it was his way of punishing people, getting out of line. If your work wasn't effective, if we didn't like what you did, if you're goofing off or you didn't produce the results that he wanted, etc. Or if you started bad mouthing, thinking maybe bad thoughts again about Hubbard, you're going to the camp. And this is really what this was, okay? Now, it developed out of, uh, again, this time that he had on the, the sea boat uh, tour, okay? And uh, uh, basically, they, it's what it is today, the rehabilitation uh, workforce. But basically, it was hard work during the day, rigorous schedule on jobs. You had to constantly read the uh, L. Ron Hubbard's material, okay? Get again, you got to get you know, brainwashed and whatever. And that reminded me of a... Of a uh, mission, uh, a true story, a Christian guy, Hein Pham, and he came out of uh, Vietnam. And when he was imprisoned there by the communists in, in uh, Vietnam, uh, he tells about that's how they would brainwash people. That they would come in, the, on the only thing you could read was communist material, right? Just that's it. And they would force you to read it over and over again just to try to get you to crack. And think that's a communist technique, right? Well, that's what Hubbard uses. Forced labor, right? Working hard, a bunch of menial tasks, hard labor, and you can do nothing but read his material. This, this still goes on today, in case you get out of line, right? And you wonder why some people don't leave, okay? Uh, but anyway, so that's what's going to happen. Now, he broke it down into different categories, okay? How do you, how do you do end up in his, basically, the Scientology camp, the RPF? Well, you could, you could become what's called a rock slammer, right? That's the term. A rock slammer was one who was uh, deemed who had hidden evil intentions, listen, as detected by the E-meter. Remember the pop cans? <laughs> Remember, it was affected, the needle would go to the right if you, it was if water or salt, which is called sweat. Do you want to, are you going to go to the camp? Are you going to go to the gulag? Scientist? No, 
<laughs> anyway, so, so even just suspicions. If the cams got it, oh man, can you imagine? And then you went to the Google. You were a rock slammer if, if that happened to you. That was one category. Other ones were people who were just basically unproductive or scored poorly on a personality test. Three was a category called repeated stack crashers. And those were people who were held responsible for declines in Scientology's uh, productivity. So basically, if you didn't get enough raw meat, remember that's their term, if you didn't get enough raw meat, that's it, you're going to the camp. Well, this is crazy, right? And another fourth category, over product makers, people who produce poor quality work. You're trying to get sloppy, you know what I'm saying? You're going to the camp. So do you think that was ever, and probably and to this day, ever held over people's head? That's what cults do, right? This is a cult. Okay, now, and again, as punishment, they would wear black boiler suits, okay? But anyway, so former Scientologists have compared this, again, to the gulag system of the Soviet Union. And on top of that, you think, well, man, why don't they just run away and hide? Well, there's another thing. And again, what's his goal? Money. This would result, if you tried to get out of this camp prematurely, uh, and some of these people have been there for years, not months, years. You see no family stuff, whatever, right? Uh, then if you left too soon, then you were uh, uh, financially responsible for what was called freeloader debt. And that was money. That was retroactive billing for any audited receipt or any Scientology training while on the Sea Org, and that could run up to tens of thousands of dollars. So a lot of people, even though maybe they wanted to leave and say, man, this is crazy. What is this, this communist Russia or something? What's going on here? What is this, Siberia on a boat, right? And he said, well, you owe us 10 thousand. All right, I'll do my time. It's crazy, right? But this is really what's going on. Now, ex-Scientologist, uh, a guy, he describes it that the members, not only was that forced labor, that's all you could read was L. Ron Hubbard's material, but they lived in rat-infested basements, engaging in degrading jobs for years at a stretch while denied visits with spouses and husbands. Now, I'm going to share with you an example of some people, husband and wife, that got forced into this. Let's take a look at this one. After wandering the seas for more than five years, Hubbard finally came ashore here in the sleepy retirement town of Clearwater, Florida. His goal was to establish an international mecca for Scientology. But according to many insiders, Hubbard was growing more and more vindictive toward those who stood in his way. He created what he called the Rehabilitation Project Force. The people who are assigned to this camp are the worst of the worst. They're, the, they're criminals in Scientology. Hannah Whitfield says the RPF was, in effect, a work camp to rehabilitate Sea Org members accused of insubordination. In May 1978, she says, it was her turn. I had two big men on either side of me who pretty much manhandled me into this room with no windows and it was just a mattress on the floor. And I was locked in this room in the dark for however long it was. Whitfield says that while she was in the RPF, she lived in the garage of the church-owned Fort Harrison Hotel, ate scraps, and worked at hard labor up to 12 hours a day. What was your crime to have been put into this, this harsh program to begin with? My crime was, in a Scientology sense, a very serious one. I was accused of having negative thoughts about Mr. Hubbard. The Rehabilitation Project Force is a part within the C organization where people who have, you know, been goofing up, they can go rehabilitate themselves. But some former members we talked to describe their experience as physically and psychologically punishing and anything but voluntary. 
I was certainly completely at their mercy. Dennis Ehrlich claims that for one 10-day period, he was actually put under lock and key in the boiler room of the Fort Harrison Hotel. In the middle of one of the rooms was a uh, chicken wire enclosure uh, with a door that, that had a lock on it. And I was placed in there and the, and, uh, the lock was put on the door. At the time, Vaughn and Stacy Young were high-level public relations officials in the church. At four in the morning, um, one night, Vaughn and I were asleep and there was a knock on the door and two security guards were there and they took me away and to the prison camp. Stacy Young says she was assigned to the RPF for disobeying an order to interrogate a fellow staff member. For part of the time, Young says she was in a room on the seventh floor of the Los Angeles church. Her husband admits he stood by and did nothing to try to get her out. You're being challenged that, you know, what are you? Are you disloyal? Do you, you know, you love your wife more than freedom for the planet? You're, you're going to let people suffer? You know, all this, all this crap is dumped on you. What are you supposed to say? I didn't see Vaughn for several months. I didn't hear from him. I didn't have any correspondence with him whatsoever. He did nothing to try and um, rescue me. I felt that my husband should have rescued me. You know, I didn't take her out. I, I, I look back at that. That's, uh, I should have just picked her up. I should have just picked her up and I should have just said, if anybody touches me, you're dead. Even after Stacy's release from the RPF, the Youngs remained loyal. But in 1988, Vaughn Young says, the church turned on him too, and he began his own 13-month stint in the RPF. You go through interrogations, hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month, breaking you down, breaking you down, breaking you down. A year after Vaughn's release from the RPF, the Youngs say they had had enough. They threw some clothes in the back of their car and fled. Herbert's policy was, as long as you're with us, we'll leave you alone. But if you speak out against us, we're going to dog you and ruin you and destroy you. And that's exactly what they keep trying to do. Former Sea Org member Lawrence Wallisheim won a multi-million dollar judgment against the church. An appeals court judge wrote that while in the RPF, Wallisheim had been forced to undergo a strenuous regime that lasted 19 hours a day. When he tried to escape the RPF, the judge wrote, Several Scientology members seized Wallachine and held him captive. They censor the phone calls. Uh, you're not allowed to speak to anyone who's critical. There was no way for anyone to reach me. Scientology has projected a kinder, gentler, more understanding image in recent years. But critics insist that RPF camps continue to exist today. Sworn affidavits point to one at this site a multi-acre spread near Palm Springs, which the church calls the Castile Canyon School. What is the Castile Canyon School? It's a school for the children of Sea Org members. We have seen sworn statements this also is an RPF camp. Is that true? Uh, there are RPF people there, yeah. ABC asked Mike Render if we could take our cameras and go to the school to talk to those inside, but he refused. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, why did you refuse? Oh, the, the other name that they had for that uh, camp there, the Castile Canyon School, was called Happy Valley. 
Yeah, not very happy. So basically, this is what's going on. Basically, and that's uh, the birth when Hubbard's on his tour. He's basically on the land with the boat. The basically turned into the Sea Org. The Sea Org, as you saw today, is basically their version of the military. He not only has his own military, Scientology does today, they're still in force today. They really believe they're going to save the planet. They really have their own, basically, a CIA in a negative sense, more like a, a, a Hitler regime or something. Uh, but then they also have that, the, the RPF. It's basically a gulag. It's crazy. This is how, listen, what was the whole premise? Why is all this being birthed? My theory, personally, but I think it fits, is he had it all. And then here came the critics and he lost it all. Remember, we saw that last week. But then he launched out again, things were going good, and people started questioning him again. So what do you do? Boom! He launched all these things. Nobody is ever gonna take this away from me again. And I wanted to give you that background because these things are still in force today. Right? You get out of line today, guess what? You're going to the camp. Right? And so, but, so that's what he's doing when he's on this boat tour. Now, the second thing that he's doing while he's on the boat tour, he's not only launching his own military force, but he's figuring out more ways to make, shocker, money. <laughs> and believe it or not, remember the ultimate goal used to be, you need to become clear. Remember? And in order to become clear, right, independent of all these negative engrams that are inhibiting your life. And, and of course, you got to pay all these techniques to work your way up to become clear. Well, while he's on this boat tour, he figured, well, I think there's more levels than that, right? And he came up with this thing that is still into today. So clear is not the end game anymore, right? He figured out a way to make some more money by having what's called OT levels, right? It's still in existence today, right? And this is what they are working for. So he's on the boat and he figured this out. So let's go beyond clear. Let's figure out a way to make some more money. Now, let me give that. In 1965, he basically comes out with what he, this theory of OT. Now, OT, he, he calls it operating thetan, right? And again, that sounds like a science fiction term because it really is, because wait till you hear the story of our supposed existence. He was a good science fiction writer, but this is really what they believe really happened, right? With Xenu and whatever. But anyway, so, but basically, uh, operating thetan is what OT is short for. But I find, I, and I'm not, I, I can't prove this, I'm not saying this is necessarily, but remember, his new levels are the OT levels. Remember back with Crowley? What was the one thing that you had to do with Crowley? If you wanted to learn more of the dark arts of the occult, what'd you have to give Crowley? If you wanted the next level of secret, what'd you have to give him? Money, right? So if you want to cruise up the levels of the occult, with Crowley, you had to give money. The same premises in dy uh, 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 Dianetics with Scientology, right? If you want to make it beyond now even clear, you have to go into the new OT level, right? And work your way up all these different OT levels. I thought it was interesting though, again, I can't prove it. Remember the organization for Crowley was OTO. But whatever, maybe it is operating Thetan, I don't know. But it's the same exact premise, you gotta pay to get to the next level and to get this next set of knowledge. But he came out with that. Two years after he announced this, he comes up with the first two, and then he comes up with OT3. And OT3 is also known as the Wall of Fire, right? And this supposedly reveals the secrets of an immense disaster that occurred on this planet, I'm not making this up, and on other 75 planets from, that formed a confederacy 75 million years ago. And Scientologists were required to undertake the first OT levels before, obviously, you could ever make it. You can't skip. you got to go through, right? And before you can get to this uh, third level. And that's where you learn about Xenu. 
I'm, I don't have time to get into Xenu right now. But basically, Xenu is the leader of the Galactic Confederacy, and here's what Xenu did. This is why everything's all messed up, and why you need L. Ron Hubbard to get you out of the mess with some serious cash. Right? That Xenu had shipped billions of people to Earth and had blown them up with hydrogen bombs, following which their traumatized spirits were stuck together at what was called implant stations. And these were brainwashed people or entities with false memories and eventually became contained within human beings. That's why we're all messed up. It's because of Zeno. Exactly, John. It is science fiction. He made the whole thing up, but he combined it with what? The occult. It's not science. It's not tology. It's science fiction occult. It's all this is, man, is what this guy invented. And it's a money-making scheme. So, again, you got to work your way up. So the discovery of OT3, though, listen to this. When he, he discovered this OT3 about Xenu and all this stuff. Listen, <clears throat> apparently it took a physical toll on him. I mean, he paid the price to get this information to us. Right? <laughs> listen to this. He now said, after he discovered this, I mean, whatever, I don't know, was he doing gymnastics when the thought came to him or whatever? It's probably demons beating him up. But uh, he announced that he had a broken knee and a and arm and his back during the course of this research. I mean, he, t he took a lot of pain for us to get to the OT3. Whatever, right? And a year later, then he, he says, oh, uh, there's even more levels. Right? <laughs> All right? And, and it's another way to make cash. Now, let me break down to you uh, these different levels. Now, again, they really believe that once you get to these high levels, you basically become uh, a god. Literally, right? And that really is, and I kept thinking as I'm going through this, I'm going, this is what Tom Cruise is doing. They, and John Travolta, they literally, it isn't just they're into Scientology. They think they're going to save the planet. They think they're going to have God-like powers. Because the theory is, according to Hubbard, that once you get to these higher levels, these OT levels now, that you can control, again, what we saw at the very beginning, I was just giving a little teaser, matter, energy, space, and time. Remember that messed well, if you can control matter, energy, space, and time, what would you be? A god. And I quote, operating Thetan is a state of godliness in Scientology. Hubbard claimed that an operating Thetan would be considered beyond God. And the Thetan, uh, which is supposed to be us, uh, has been deceived into listening, worshiping a god of mainstream religion. So this is, again, what he would say of you and I. We've been brainwashed into worshiping Jesus, right? And instead, what you need to realize through the help of Hubbard is your own godlike power to create and destroy universes. That's why. And, and remember, remember, Will Smith said, oh, it's Scientology, 98% compatible with the Bible. Are you serious? No way. Right? But anyway, so that's the whole point. Now, let me give to you uh, uh, what these uh, operating Thetans can do, these different levels, again, because this was a money-making scheme. Again, he's developing his army, he's developing his CIA, his gulag station, all this stuff while he's on the boat, but he's figuring out more ways to make cash. So he's just adding these levels, right? Just like what with Crowley. But let me give you a breakdown. What is it going to cost you to become your own god? Because it's not cheap, you know. Right. Uh, so OT one. So if, now remember, it's just you got to you got to make it just to, when you start out as raw meat, and you thought you were going to end it clear. Oh no, contraire! You got a long ways to go with all these new levels. So OT level one. This is beyond clear. Right. This is called the solo audited levels. The first step. 
Okay, and that will cost you $2,750. Nothing. OT2, you want to go to that next level, right? You want to be your own God? Then that's going to cost you $5,225. Now, this is assuming you even make it, because you might not pass, and you have to go do it again. I'll get to that in a second. Then OT3, OT3, that's that wall of fire. That will only cost, and this, listen to this, it's only $8,910, just for that one level. Oh, and oh, by the way, just a little teaser, because that's, that's a big jump from two grand, you know, almost three grand, that's almost nine grand. Uh, within OT3 is the secret doctrine of Scientology. Members must be invited to do it, and they must sign a contract of secrecy. Oh, don't you just want to pay the money to find out the secret? Yes. OT4 is called the drug rundown. This level handles the hidden problems and stops in, being, uh, in, in a being's universe caused by the effects of drugs and poison. So basically, it's their version of, you need to get detoxed, right, with these teachings. Apparently, that's only 13,000. Notice it goes up. OT5, this is called the second wall of fire, right? That only will cost you $29,600. Then OT6, right, and it's called the Hubbard Solo. And now this is basically just a preparation course for the next level, OT7, right? You can't skip. You, you got to have this, and that will only cost you just this level alone thirty-one thousand three hundred dollars. Okay, but then if you go to OT seven, right, they give you a little bit of break because remember the last one was just a prep course for number seven, number six, right? This one will cost you nineteen thousand one hundred fifty dollars, and then if you can make it to that top one, although there's rumors that there's more than eight, they're holding them locked. Uh, it's called The Truth Revealed, and that will cost you only $24,800, okay? And so the approximate cost, if a person, and this is if you can make it through the first time with no mistakes, right? Uh, the total cost from going from raw meat, that's their term, all the way to OT8 is only, on average, $500,000. It's only half a million. But see, again, that's the key. That's if you make it through. What if you don't pass? Remember, those pop cans could mess you up. Right? Then you got to take it again. Right? People are spending millions of dollars on this lie for freedom. But as this lady says, it's not free. Let's take a look at this. You are a former Scientologist. Tell us, how did you first get involved in Scientology? Well, I was raised Catholic. Um, I'm from Nebraska, from a family of 10 kids. And um, when I was 13, I know. <laughs> when I was 13, uh, my brother, who was 19, died in a car accident. And after the funeral, I heard people say God chose him. He was ready to be with God. And that, at that point, I said, well, not fair, God. I'm, I'm going to look elsewhere. And so I started a spiritual journey then. I was studying crystals, meditation. I even went to a place where you speak in tongues. And I just pretended, but I wanted to feel like I belonged. Some of us pretend too. I wanted to belong to a group. I wanted to feel a part of a group. And I was, I was young. I was in my early 20s. And I stepped into a group that said, hey, you're awesome. You can do this. They actually tell, tell you that this is the only hope for mankind. And, and to help the planet, I wanted to help and improve my life. So this was the right thing for me. But then they dangled this carrot of spiritual freedom. Who doesn't want that? But it wasn't free. Now, tell me about this. I understand you had to spend $45,000 
in one night. Tell me the story of that. Let me paint the picture for it. So I'm in a room and there's people and these people are nice. They're, they're bringing me coffee and cookies and telling me about what they're doing to help the planet and what my contribution will do to help across the world. And I believed in this. I was so tired, you guys, you can't understand. And a new mom and I wrote a check for $46,000 and I got to leave the room. Let me ask you this. Was there a last straw that caused you to say, you know what? This is unhealthy for me, and I need to get out. I need to make a change. What was that moment? I was, I was starting to get disheartened and kind of shunned by my own group of people because you're very insulated in Scientology. But when they tried to recruit my daughter into the C organization at a very young age, oh. uh, she was nine years old, and I said, she's off limits, you guys. Just leave her alone. You can't join the Sea Org until you're 18, but you can, if your parents are okay with it, you can sign over. And I said, you know something? How long is that contract? A billion years. No, no, no. This is... The contract to join the Sea Org is a billion-year contract. A literal, like, it's, no, you, in, it's with written. With a bean, not with a no, 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 it's written in there. And from that point when you made your decision, what was the process like? Um, How long did it take? Don't mess with my kid. I wasn't ready for that. I know that's right. Don't mess. And, and I... I had, I was, I had already lost my home. I was on food stamps. I, wow. I told her, I, I said, honey, I'm done. But it took me another five years to get out because the, I was so insulated. Dentists, doctors, agents, managers, all were Scientologists. And, and you know, they, of course, disconnected with me. They could no longer talk to me. This is the thing that I, I struggle with constantly. They took almost two decades of my life. Wow. They, that, I, I was in my early 20s. I'm middle-aged now. I, I, you can't get that time back. In total, what would you estimate you gave? I know I gave $983,000. Wow. $983,000. I get a lump in my throat when it comes out of my mouth, but it's the, it's the, it's the truth. It was over time. You said you consider yourself lucky. Now, You've got more optimism than most people to be like, I lost $986,000 and I'm so lucky. Like, uh, how do you consider no, yourself I, lucky even through what you've walked through? Tell us. Well, it's like I paid my own ransom, right? So. Paid her own ransom. To what? To get out of this cold, right? Lost 20 years of her life, right? But again, that was her. She just, that one lady paid almost a million dollars. A young mom, again, she went, uh, was on food stamps for a while, but just keep the cash coming to Scientology. Ripping you off of your cash. That's just one person. How much money is this organization ripping off of people? All because a guy came up with a science fiction story combined with the occult. That's what, that's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. Now, that's again, that's if you just make it. If you just make it through, because you may stumble. So it may be way more than a million if you can even make it to these levels. Uh, reaching the highest level requires a Scientologist to spend, this is level eight, tens of thousands of dollars on courses, counseling books, lectures, other materials. So there's other costs too, right? And it depends on your progress. Again, you might make a mistake. The can's gonna tell a different story and you're gonna have to start all over or repeat and do whatever. One lady said it took her 13 years just to complete OT level seven. And she said it didn't resolve the issue, which I was promised it was going to. How much cash did she spend just on that level? And 13 years of her life, and it still isn't working, shocker. There are up to 28 processing steps that require a mix of intense training, auditing the can thing, and surrender uh, of reason before a Scientologist can reach Thetan level uh, eight, right? 
And so how much of that is gonna add up? So the I think the 500,000 figure is whoa. Okay, just that lady uh, spent a million herself, right? But anyway, so basically this is what's happening. As you saw the video clip, so he's on this tour. This is what he's doing in this portion of history, right? He's on the upward slide. You ain't taking this away from me again. So while he's out there on his little boat tour on the lamb, trying to avoid prosecution and stuff, so he developed his military force, his CIA force, his uh, project uh, rehabilitation camps, and things of that nature, his own army, and he's coming up with these new levels for that. So he finally lands back on land. As you saw in the video, it was in Florida. Still big headquarters there uh, today, okay? But that's not all. He then goes from Florida, he still is on the land because people are still after him, right? But he's dotting these organizations around, right? So he goes from Florida to Washington, D.C. He's only there for six months. He goes to another safe house, and I quote, safe house, in Culver City, California. And at this point, he basically begins to, him and his wife, really direct and get these things going on the Guardian office, right? Because if he's going to be in one spot, he's got to get these people to back off. So that's when this guardian office thing, and we're going to dig up dirt. Nobody's coming after us again. But then he believed, and again, this is what he would tell people, that Scientology was being attacked by a, quote, international Nazi conspiracy. Right? And again, it's like, who's acting like the Nazi here with the armbands and the rehabilitation project and whatever. But whatever, that's what he did. And so then uh, uh, he instigated in 1973. That's where we're at in our timeline. We're getting there. Maybe next week we can finally get it to where he eventually passes away. Uh, but he developed what was called the Snow White Program hmm. to further make sure nobody was going to take this away from him ever again, his money-making scheme. So the big question is, what is the Snow White Program? That's right, Debbie. You know me too well. We'll get to that. Lord willing, next time. Well, hi, this is Bill Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, we don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to, to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let, let, let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, how many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The Fifth Commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says, You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven, that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. 
The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin? Then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more. The Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So, so, so how are you doing? That's just 5 out of 10 of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You will be forced to admit what He already knows. Hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven in that state. You're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, number one, then he could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, He says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there, and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins, against him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail, you are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time and they go to jail, but believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extended to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you. But you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late.
Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.